I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. To the 48th episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. Uh, today, it's just Jonathan and I. Hello. <laughs> we are going to be discussing things like animation. Uh, as you probably know by now, um, that is something we're pretty passionate about. Yeah, we both went to school for animation and video games. I went to school as a character animator and illustrator. Jonathan went for games. Yeah, I um. Nobody really, nobody else really showed interest in the topic, so it just so happens that Andrew and I are the only ones on the podcast today, so we're the ones who, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. It's something that we can put most of our knowledge into, and that's probably what today's going to be more about. It's going to be a very knowledgeable discussion, rather than probably the stupid crap that we usually talk about. You just called the rest of our cast stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that in a little while. We'll explain why we got onto the topic of animation and what brought this up in the first place. But first, we're going to start off with some basic news stories. News. And it's not really uh, <laughs> basic. We actually have a lot of really interesting news today. It just so happens that when nobody's here, we have the most interesting news pieces to talk about. First up in media news, this is a little strange. It's not in strange news. We decided that we're not going to put it in the strange news. Yeah, we didn't. We couldn't really decide. Uh, it's kind of a weird blur. But uh, so where it is strange, it is kind of more of a media set. Yeah. Not only a couple days ago. Well, actually, a couple days ago from this recording, there was a news story about a Florida girl, Florida girl, who burned down her house with her. Mother and nine brother, year old, yeah, nine year old brother, still inside with like the intention of hurting them slash killing them. Yeah, from a fight that they had. Now this is news related to our show because I guess they, what they f- connected it to <laughs> was uh, Soul Eater. Now, oh, I think it was gosh. connected. They said in the news story that the, it was connected through Soul Eater through a mis- misinterpretation of Slenderman. Like, I don't know. She had. I guess her diary was filled with Slenderman stories, and, you know, she was reading Soul Eater in, in some aspects. And so it a, was... lot of, a lot of the news stories are saying that she was on SoulEater.com, where she learned about the, the character, the Slenderman. Extremely violent stories <laughs> yeah. of, like, of... of yeah, and, oh, and, and Soul Eater being a story about killing people. Yeah, this is a really... A, a big problem with media nowadays is that they misinterpret... Like, they, they try to go fishing 
for whatever they can get so that they can get, find something to blame. You know, there's got to be a scapegoat. No, what if this girl is just a little crazy? I mean, like, it's <laughs> crazy. It's, it's really uh, sad to say, but I mean, like, she burnt down her house after she had a fight with her mom with the intention of hurting him. Burning down her house. And now, the rest of the news story also includes the fact that when she burned down the house... Um, she texted her mom immediately after she set the fire saying, oh my gosh, I don't know what I was thinking. Are you okay? Get out of the house. Yeah. The Um, girl was arrested for arson and two counts of attempted murder from Florida police, which is... It's crazy. Sad. Yeah, it's a really sad story, but and but and the fact that they're connecting it to Soul Leader for no reason at all is just weird. Um, yeah, and the that's like the big problem is like, can we not connect it to something in media and just say, it's, hey, maybe there's something wrong with this girl? Yeah, like, it's the, it's the blame video game scapegoat all over again. You know, they're just it's media just trying to find things that which that, hopefully they'll find this girl help. But um, apparently, she also said that. Hey, I'd probably do this again, which is weird. Yeah, that's that's a very strange thing to say. Definitely doesn't help your case. Anyways, <laughs> that's really the only media news piece that we have, and it's weird that it happened in the U.S. But Sorry that it was a weird, sad story, kind of. But. Let's move on to some gaming news. <laughs> yeah. We got a, we actually got quite a few gaming news pieces, and they're all very interesting. First off, uh, we saw a tidbit news story that Splatoon on the Wii U, which is probably one of my favorite games that came out of E3. Yeah, probably one of the most anticipated in 2015. It was originally concepted as a Mario game. Yeah. Surprise! Mario Mario Sunshine, like a Mario Sunshine. Oh, uh, I think it's, I think it was a, a follow-up to Mario Paint. <laughs> Mario Paint 2. Okay, um yeah, I think that uh I I think that it, that's what it should have been called. I mean like yeah, Mario Sunshine, but that was that was getting rid of ink and this one would be putting it back. I don't know. I, I'm really happy that they went with the squid thing because... Oh, yeah, no. This is so much better. Character designs are original. They're creative. The, it gives the entire game a new perspective. The game would have been just as fun and pe- as many people would have bought it if it was a Mario game. But I'm glad that they went with an original concept because... It, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I would, I would definitely not be as interested in this if it was a Mario game. Uh, you think so? I mean, because well, like, we've seen Mario before. Like, well, yeah, we've seen Mario, but we've never seen this this game before. It's a completely new original game. It is, but I would much rather play a new IP than just another Mario game. It's true. I mean, it gives the more creative licensing to be able to do things that aren't just Mario characters. Instead, they created these cute squid characters, which I am highly like. I'm I'm very happy with the concept. Oh yeah, the designs are awesome. But um, I mean, it would have been. I, I think I think it would have been just as successful with a Mario title to it. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think that people would have lost it if it was Mario Paint. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I I think it would. Okay, next up in gaming news, uh, we have the announcement of a new 3DS model. Yeah, you guys have probably already heard about this, seeing that this is two weeks old, but uh, the new 3DS model that's coming out is uh, this weird new design. It's a little bit bigger. Like, okay, so they're still making the uh, XL and uh, and the regular sizes in both these new models. Um, but even really? I thought it was only XL. No, no, no. Because uh, uh, believe it or not, the X the the mini one has more features to it. Like you can take uh, the shell off of the smaller one and put like new shells onto, so you don't have to get like those uh, decal like sticky decals that you stick all over your old 3ds. I like the sticky decals. I do too. Um, but um, uh, but apparently the larger one doesn't have that yet. 
Uh, it, it just has uh, exclusive cases. They have a Monster Hunter 4 one coming out. Yeah. Um, but Probably they, makes it really bulky. But they also have Monster Hunter 4 um, uh, skins that you can pop off and pop on to the new one that's coming Ooh. out. Okay, um, so here's the thing about the, about the new 3DS is they added everything that should have been on it in the first place. Now, it, it's kind of like a Mac approach where they kind of release a first model broken and then they come up with a new design. But it's more like five years later. Than yeah, I mean, they, there's like three <laughs> models of a 3DS now, I know. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, they're adding a C-Stick, which was on both the Nintendo 64 controller and the Nintendo GameCube controller, you know, so that you can look around the environment instead of, like, in Monster Hunter, you have to hold down another button and then use it so you can't run around while looking. It's... No, that's not true. You can use the D-pad. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's... I got used to it real fast, so I really had no problem. But, I'm, I, I, of course, I've heard that I am also the only person that has never that or that plays Monster Hunter Three without a seat without the C pad. Yeah, that, <laughs> um, it's with the Circle Pad Pro. Yeah, without that attachment that created this new model. So this new model is going to come with that. Plus, they're going to add all the other buttons that were on the uh, GameCube controller. So yeah, there's going to be like four or five more buttons. Yeah, there's t- they added two more shoulder buttons. Um, and they moved around some of the buttons, like the power button, and uh, they still have the D-pad and all that good stuff. Yeah. So they, I, I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping because I really like this model and I kind of want this model. However, I already have a 3DS. So what's the issue here? I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of trade-in program, you know, maybe at a GameStop or whatever, what have you. I don't know what your theology is on on how you like GameStop or whatever, but <laughs> uh, I. But if if they have like bring it up at GameStop, hey, trade in your 3DS and you can get an upgrade for the new 3DS for like 50 bucks or something like that. You know, maybe that would be cool. But um, which would be cool because I still have 50 dollars of GameStop. See, okay, so I've been uh, I've been hoarding my. Uh, my GameStop gift cards in hopes that it would go towards a Wii U. But now that the new 3DS is coming out, 3DS kind of takes priority with me. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it, it'll... it's There's going to be games that are coming out now that are only functioning on this new one. Or it makes it a lot easier, most likely. Yeah, no, it, it does. It, so, they, you know, the issue... The other issue, though, with this trade-in idea, you know that we have is where does all your old data go is that are they going to be able to transfer over your data for you as well or are they going i mean it's funny because I'm, I'm this is a hypothetical situation so maybe they're not even going to do it we don't know but like you, what about your me's and what about your downloaded content you know it's yeah you um supposedly yes you will be able to transfer all your data over to your new system as long as you have both the systems. Yeah, but I'm not going to... Uh, as long as you have both the systems. So you can't trade it in and, and get your new yeah, you have to back. Yeah, you have to get the new system first, then you would have to trade it in. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine a lot of people sitting in GameStop buying the new one transferring their data with their old 3DS and then trading in their old 3DS. The only problem is you only get store credit that now, way. And, and another thing is, too... Uh, well, then I would put it towards the Wii U. Um, yeah. Uh, then the other thing is, is um, you can't just take out your SD card from your th- uh, from your 3DS and put it into the new one 
because the new 3DS is running off of micro SD cards. What? Not not the standard uh, SD oh, card. Oh, see now, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I bought a 32 gigabyte SD card so that I would never need another SD card for my uh, my 3DS again. And, now you need and I didn't even fill it up yet. Yeah, well, you never then, fill it up. I mean, like... Well, but that's the thing. Nintendo runs all their data like they did in the old days where everything all the data was saved on the cartridges yeah so you don't even need the, the yeah so cards. you don't even need the card you just need that for your system data and anything you download off the eShop which I have uh, Fire Emblem off the eShop but you can just uh. go onto the eShop and re-download it yeah yeah you so, can because but... I've already bought it and it knows I already bought it like that's just so it really doesn't matter. So okay, so next up in gaming news, uh, this one. Okay, so check it out. This is interesting, and you guys probably know about this one by now. Pokémon, uh, Pokémon Cross Tekken. It is a Pokémon fighting game, and it's not like turn-based like a regular Pokémon game, like Pokémon Stadium, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> but like, it's like fighting legitimate Tekken style Poke- beat em, yeah. beat 'em up combos and super awesomeness. And just so you guys know, Tekken is my jam, and I've actually, you know, I, I've, I've fought Tekken in tournaments, so I'm all about this. Yeah, beat all you fools. <laughs> um, probably not. But probably not. I, I get my I did, I did. I beat some people online recently, though. I jumped on some uh, Tekken Tag 2, and I actually won. I was like, what? This is crazy. No, I guess I am pretty good at no Tekken. No one cares, really. <laughs> I don't think so. What? No, no one cares about your fight record. But I won. So Pokin, uh, the what we got so far is we've what were the Lucario and yeah it showed um, Lucario and Machamp yeah Machamp that's right yeah I would play as Machamp yeah you were <laughs> I would play as Lucario I, I play as I play as Paul Phoenix in in the original Tekken so I so I'm always like the heavy hitter style kind of guy you know so Asuka's I, my character yeah so you need something a little bit more. Lighter. I, I don't know. I don't even know what what, char- what Pokemon you would use in a fighting game. Yeah, I mean, who would your Pokemon fighting character be? That that there we go. Well, believe it or not, in in X and Y, like I got like this. When, you know, when Lucario showed up, I was like, oh man, Lucario, this is gonna be lame. Like, I don't, why, why, I don't want a Lucario. And then I was like, holy crap, I like Lucario, so I'd probably fight as Lucario. Oh, what about, um, uh, oh, what's the panda one? Pancham. Pancham? Yeah, Pancham. I would totally play as Pancham. Pancham. Well, I'd play as Froakie, because Froakie's my favorite. Well, favorite. oh yeah, if they have Froakie, I mean, but I mean, he'd probably play like Raven from Tekken, which is like, Impossible. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, but uh, but the thing is, well, and that's another thing. I'm re- when they announced uh, Froki for uh, new Smash, I was like, I guess I'm playing as Froki. Yeah. Um, which is another thing. Back to the 3ds. What the heck are we gonna? What, what 3ds are we gonna play? Hey, well, on? hey, w- no. When you just get the new the new system, you just put. You'll use the cartridge. I yeah. Know. Well, because um, I I have a feeling that because it's being developed now. Uh, there will uh, both Monster Hunter Four and uh, and Super Smash Brothers will work on the old 3DS. Yeah, I'm sure because that's what they were all demoed on at E3 and stuff. Yeah, you know, so uh, so that's probably the system that they're gonna work on, but they're gonna be beneficial if you get the new systems. Fun fact: I named my Froki Jojo in X and Y. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that any of my, like, any Pokemon that I actually use in Pokemon are ever going to show up in, in Pokin because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bug trainer, so I, I highly doubt that we're going to see Butterfree mashing up mad combos in, in, uh, uh, in Pokin. Yeah, I guess. The only one that, like, is kind of weird like that is uh, Torchic, because Torchic turns into... Uh... Um, well, Scyther. I'm, I'm sure that there would be. A no, no, no. I'm talking about like uh, the little bird thing. Yeah, like he's like the only little bird that actually turns into like a martial arts like 
anthropomorphic character. So, like, maybe they'll, like, take Butterfree and, like, turn him into, like, an anthropomorphic Oh my gosh, that would be character. so strange. <laughs> it would be so weird. What if Diglett was a character? Like, if, if, like, you had a little Diglett just, like, moving through the ground. In related news, speaking of Tekken, the director of Tekken, Kachihiro Harada, announced at the latest Sony conference... Um, a new Project Morpheus game. Yeah. See, now this is interesting because he's a part of it, and it, it's not a fighting game, which is what he's really known for. See, what he's doing is he's creating, or he's on the project of this game called uh, Summer Lessons. And what it is, it's basically just a virtual reality thing where you're sitting in a room with a, either a male or female. The, the demo showed a female, but I don't know, but there's supposed to be multiple characters. And um, you can sit in the room with the character and do summer lessons with them. It's a slice of life game, and it's—I don't know whether or not it's a, would it be considered an educational game. Well, I see, know. I don't know if you're actually supposed to, because is it like you're sitting with a tutor as a moe thing, or are you sitting with the tutor as like an actual learning? It program? is an anime style game. Yeah, so, I mean, like it. it it you see Asian it's more Asian influenced so but like you can you like you can see the Japanese features in the characters but I mean it's still a little anime when you look at it but um see because I wonder if it's just like choosing you know choosing your voice set on a on a GPS yeah so like you're basically you you're playing the game to learn things but the tutor that you choose is just your GPS voice right <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I saw some. If you go online, I'll, I'll put the link in the description. You can actually see the um, influence to how the game plays. Where you, you, when you're wearing the headset, you know you have full range of motion over the entire screen. One of the interesting things about uh, the game is is that they really wanted to push the realism on it. So so. So the system is in 1080p, and the screen, I guess, is a little bit larger, so it's not like the goggles, it's like a full screen. Um, oh, that's kind of weird. And the the way that it works is that it has your full range of motion, so it, it the goal is to legitimately trick your brain into not being able to tell what is and is not reality. Now, when people were trying out the Summer Lessons game, the girl gets really close to you at sometimes. Like the character that you're that you're learning with gets really close to you at some points, and people were saying that like they were actually feeling like like when her face got close, you know, their heart started beating, you know, like a little bit closer because it's kind of like oh, this is exciting, you know. It's, so I I don't know like if this game is supposed to be kind of like to to find a new way to pull at your emotions. Hot for teacher. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, we're is is PS4 gonna start making porn games before Oculus Rift? Um, well, not before Oculus Rift. There was a shot where somebody was trying to look underneath her skirt, and she like tried. To, she held her clothes back. No way. Yeah, yeah. There was in the demo. Oh man! So this is totally a Moe game if they allow you to do that. Because well, otherwise, I, they wouldn't just they wouldn't go ahead and do that. Well, I don't know because if you if you have a hundred percent full range of motion on this device, then obviously you can look wherever you want to in this environment. You know, so I mean, if you have the actual capability of lying down on the floor and looking up her skirt, you know, they have to come up with a way. Well, I guess they don't have to. You could probably just do it, you know. But like they they can't, they decided to come up with a way to stop that from happening. Interesting. Yeah. So I I wonder how much control you have over the environment in this, whether or not it plays out as just 
an event or if... So is this, like, a wireless system that you can, like, walk around with? I don't really know. Is that, like, because what, uh, what makes the, it different than the than the new Oculus Rift, with I, the I, new 1080p Oculus Rift? I, I don't really know. Um, that There haven't really been too many details that I've seen anyways. Anybody who's listening, if you know of anything, just definitely send us some Project Morpheus stuff because I'm really interested. Yeah, and, and the thing is, at this point, um, I'm just super happy that multiple companies are interested in virtual reality. Because yeah. now there's going to be competitors. Like, Oculus Rift was first, but now Morpheus is its competitor. I wonder which one's going to win. Yeah. You know? I'm, I can't wait to see the third-party virtual reality ones that are basically just going to be, like, a backstep to the Virtual Boy. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was going to ask. Is, is this game Virtual Boy compatible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, red dots all over the screen. I'm blind! This is so uncomfortable for my eyes. Ah! Okay, so that's it for gaming news. It's time to move on to some strange news. Yay. Yeah, who's strange? Now it's only two of us here. Yeah. For, first up in strange news, there are some... This is Okay, so this is coming out because it is Colonel Sanders' birthday. Happy birthday, Colonel Sanders. Happy birthday, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> okay, so we're uh, talking about some new products that are coming out that are KFC-related. Now, we have... A lot of computer equipment in Japan that's coming out, and we also have jewelry. So, uh, I don't know if your girlfriend has ever shown any interest in some chicken wing earrings, but they are giving out 47 pairs in a contest. <laughs> uh, and also, along with that, they're putting on the market some KFC keyboards. Their keyboards, uh, mouse... And uh, flash drives are all that. I mean, the flash drive is humongous. It's the, it's the size of an actual chicken wing, uh, or a chick- or a drumstick too. Um, and, and and yeah, it's a full full on chicken wing. And then there's also uh, a, so yeah, so is the mouse. Yeah, a drumstick mouse, which seems greasy. Uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> that would, ooh, that'd be so gross. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I would totally want that. I mean, not if it was greasy, obviously, but but uh, just a, a chicken, just wing a chi- mouse. The, the, or a drumstick mouse. Yeah, right? it sounds like. Like the coolest thing, like it just the goofiest. Oh yeah, you'd thing. be so cool. I, I would. I would be the. I would be the talk of the town. Did you hear about the drumstick mouse pad that he has? Or no, mouse? but yeah, mouse. Like not mouse pad, mouse. Yeah. Oh, well, what if they made like the boob mouse pads? But it's like chicken. <laughs> but it's, it's chicken. chicken so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. And it's just like the Colonel Sanders holding a chicken and drumstick like in perspective. Yeah. yeah. That would be sweet. Oh, or we could right. get, or we could get a, a, a mouse pad with with Colonel Sanders butt cheeks, <laughs> and then also, lastly, there's the keyboard, which is uh, <laughs> it's a it's an American style keyboard, and they're all everything on the keypad is like there's no symbols on it or anything like that. It's just chicken, like just different shapes of chicken for the keypad, except for the K, the F, and the C button, which are actually KFC. <laughs> and then there's also a Colonel Sanders figure that comes with it, and there's a bucket on the top, which I think yep. is is where the uh, like the wireless receiver is for it. It's it's so goofy. It is. It's it's really kind of nutty. Such an uh, such a weird gift. But, but those the Japanese really do love their KFC. Yeah, I am okay with that because I too love my KFC. I want to try Japanese KFC. See, See I, I like here. the chicken snackers, and I want to know if they have the chicken snackers in Japan because that's I would because that's what I would get. Like I don't really like the. I mean, I like it, but it's it's just so greasy and it makes me sick. Like the drumsticks and stuff like that. So it's greasy. So I like I like the snackers. The sauce is so good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So off the, of KFC, you guys have probably heard this next story. It's been everywhere. If you're if you're in any kind of Japanese or otaku related um, 
media, you've probably heard of the JAV idols allowing fans to squeeze their boobs for AIDS awareness. Yep. Uh, it's it's re- it's a really it was kind of like a telethon. Kind it was of like, live streamed. Yeah, and um, it's weird. I don't know what to think about that. Like, I mean, it's it's cool, but. Uh, like I understand, like you, like AIDS awareness and stuff like that, but you get you're letting somebody it's, walk up and touch your chest. Like it's, it's morally wrong. I, I mean, I'll agree with that. It's definitely morally, but I mean, they're porn stars. But I mean, like I, I can't even imagine like what Japanese people are weird. Like the the people who went, that's what I mean. Like the crowd, what like the kind of crowd that they brought in to like actually get like this kind of AIDS awareness done. Now, granted, I mean, some of the JV idols are really attractive, and I mean. <laughs> Like, the the kind of chance that that is? Like, wouldn't you pay, like, lots of money to just give it a shot? And then, um... Yeah, they're a little bit different than, um, than, you know, porn stars in America. They're they're all natural down in, in Japan. Most of them are, yeah. Not all, For not, the most part, Not yeah. all of them, but I think all these ones were. Um, but, oh, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's kind of... It's just so interesting. Like, a, that is definitely one way that you can get money for a charity and and raise awareness for something is like it's a hey whole... do you want to see something naked and touch it well then here's a here's donate to aids awareness yeah i feel like a really creepy audience showed up though i don't know and um and another thing that they did too is they didn't just have like the the boob squeezing thing like uh like down the line they also had like the jv st- uh Stars were like playing games, and they're like they had a a giant rubber pool, like a blow up pool, and like you know they were all dressed in bikinis and whatnot, and they had to catch an eel in the pool. So like they're all like ah. they're all in the pool and they're all jumping out like oh it's gross and like you know trying to catch the eel and uh, that was that like, actually sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, but like watching it, like it's just like yeah okay that moides you know. <laughs> Oh, it is. So I, that actually, you know what? I didn't even realize. I, I didn't look up to see whether or not um, there there was any money raised or how much money was raised. Let's see. Oh yeah, this is a cool story. Japanese Batman, Chi Batman. Yeah, Chi Batman. Um, oh man, th- and and this isn't even really a strange new story. This is really, really, really cool and kind of heartwarming. Yeah. So um, in the city of Chiba, uh, there is the infamous Chi Batman. Uh, uh, a, I love the name, by the way. Yeah, a 41-year-old uh, Japanese welder. Uh, That's the only details he gives. The rest yeah, of, of he, his identity is secret. He has a secret identity, but that's the only thing he'll publicly give, is that's what he does. He rides around Chiba as Chi Batman on his custom Batmobile tri-bike. Uh, tri yeah, um, Batpod. Chi Batpod. Uh, and he just basically does it to watch people smile. Yeah. Because he said... That, He's been doing it for three years, ever since the earthquakes. Yeah, he said, uh, since the great earthquakes, there has been a lack of smiling. And the reason why he started She Batman was to make people smile. And I saw it, I was like, dude, that guy is a hero. Like, Aww. that... Yeah, like, that guy is the man. Like, that is... Collective awe from Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Aww. Oh, man. That is, like... He, like when I read, I was like, "Dude, that guy's awesome." So, I don't know. That's about yeah. that. That is a, that is a hero, man. I yeah to, yeah to make making people smile. Like he's literally doing it just to make people. smile. Uh, have you seen the news story for it where where he's he's doing the Batman voice? Yeah. And then- so uh, link in the description, but he actually also talks in the Batman voice, but he's he's doing it in Japanese, which is fantastic. 
So, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. He's such a pleasure to listen to, and like what he says is so virtuous and so good. Ah, <laughs> give it a shot. Chi Batman makes yeah. you happy. Check out Chi Batman. And lastly, this is probably the strangest news that we've probably heard all month. Which, didn't we talk about this on Evan's podcast? We did talk about it on Evan's podcast, so if you heard... Last if, week. If, yeah, if, so if you heard Evan's podcast, then we, then we heard, then you heard, already uh, heard us talk about it. But Hello Kitty is not a cat! <laughs> what? What? Okay, so the creator of Hello Kitty, it seems that somebody was interviewing him for some sort of... Uh, article or project or something like that and it came up saying that you know hello kitty asking about hello kitty being a cat and the director sorry the creator said hello kitty's not a cat <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you <laughs> no uh he said uh that well kind of actually is it and then it kind of sparked this whole thing that like i cannot believe hello kitty has been around for this long and this has never been addressed people I mean, like, what the... What? what? It's never been addressed that Hello Kitty's not a cat? But And, and the weird thing is, is that his what he said was that she's an anthropomorphic character, so she's like an anthropomorphic cat. Yeah. So she's a cat. Yeah, well, but she owns a cat. This is this is kind of going back to the oh that's true like the, it's, it is going back to like the the Disney thing of like well why is Goofy a dog but Pluto's a dog too yeah. like is is Pluto just a stupid dog and he's <laughs> he's just, therefore he's a pet which brings up so many different moral questions yeah, like yeah, of of owning things as pets and. <laughs> Ugh. There's so much controversy go- controversy going on here now. But I just think it's kind of weird that it was this taboo. Like, the creator was, like, taken aback by it. It's just like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't really... I, I don't know. And this was the first time... See, this is this is common knowledge, but this is the first time I heard about it. That uh, Hello Kitty is also from London, England. She's British. She's, she's not even... Uh-huh. She's not even Japanese. Well, she might be Japanese, but she's from London, England. I don't know. That was a, that was a weird thing for me too. I don't know. I it's Hello Kitty's a cat. I mean, I mean, what's he talking about? She's a, she's a, not a cat. She's an anthropomorphic cat. So she's a cat. She just t- walks on two legs. So she's a cat girl, or she's somebody in a fur suit. We said that on the yeah on yeah. The we we mentioned that it might that she might be wearing a suit, but I don't think she is. I, I don't. You guys said no. That that that's not that what that, that was. You so. you guys who's you guys? You and Evan. Oh, I so. I don't know. Because that, that's what I brought up. I brought. I was like, well, is, is she a person in a suit then? I, I've slept on that. But and, there's and other... I, now I don't know. Because there's other animal characters in her show. Or whatever she is. Or well, maybe then, is. maybe then Hel- the Hello Kitty universe is just a fursona convention. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. That's as strange as it gets. Seriously, guys, I was totally thrown off by this. <laughs> that is as strange as it gets right there. What are you talking about, Hello Kitty? Alright, so it's time to move on to what we're watching. All right, guys. So we are actually watching. Uh, we 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 kind of uh, picked into a few new things, um, and uh, one of uh, we got a recommendation from one of our fans uh, in an email that we got. Believe it or not, this should belong in fan service, but also this is it leads into what what we're watching. Our fan Scott, who sent us this recommendation for short animes from that episode that we were talking about short animes on a discussion and said you should check out cheese sweet home because it's about a kitten like it's an anime about a kitten each episode is only three minutes long uh and that's including the intro to the show which is only 25 seconds long so that's as short as it gets (laughs) 
So I was watching Cheese Sweet Home, and I would sit there, and you know, it's on Crunchyroll, so you just sit there and let it scroll through the entire playlist, uh, and it's and it has four seasons, four seasons, uh, twenty six episodes each. Um, Bob Berger Collective Awe. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's it's basically, and I was watching the first four episodes, and like within the first four episodes, I was like this is kind of sad, like because they're like talking about like getting rid of the cat because they can't li- they can't have her in uh, in the apartment building that they're living in, but they keep her anyway, and she can't go outside, and like she's really sad that she can't go outside. It's it's funny because uh, she's a cat, so you can't understand her, but you have like the collective cat thoughts going on. Oh, kind of like Garfield. Yeah, uh, so, so like, yeah, every time it's, like, from the human perspective, it's, like, these little muse, but, like, from her perspective, uh, she's talking. Um, Does she like lasagna, too? <laughs> no, not yet. I, I've, only, I've only watched so much. Does she hate Mondays? But it's, it's, well, it's weird because she doesn't understand anything that's going on. It's almost like she doesn't even care about the human characters in the show. Like, she's just interested in what she wants to do, and the human characters are just there to observe. Uh, the human characters are absolutely in love with Chi, and they love Chi, but she's just like, I don't know what's going on, I'm a cat. Like, yeah, it's like a real cat. It's yeah. exactly like a real cat. So, like, so, like, there was one episode where the boy was sad. Because uh, he found out that the, uh, his parents were going to give away Chi. He's only like, I don't know, five, four. Uh, like, really, really young child character. And she's like, what's going on? Why are you sad? I don't know what's going on. Oh, look, a bird! And chases it away. And then it's like, oh, where's my cat going? Oh, no! And then, like, he's crying real sad. And his parents are feel awful. And I was just like, this is so sad! And then um, and then the cat comes back and be like, oh, the food, the bird got away. Why are you crying? I don't understand. And I was like, gee! Ah! <laughs> they're trying to give you away! Plastic bag, plastic bag, plastic bag, plastic bag. <laughs> So I was watching Chi and I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Chi Sweet Home. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, thank you, Scott. And I have actually, I've actually been watching this during the past couple episodes of the Wicked Anime Podcast, and I wanted to hold it secret so that we could keep it for this discussion, because it's going to transition into our animation topic. I've been watching Ruby. Yep. Okay, so uh, a lot of our fans have been have watched Ruby, and they've been yeah. telling us to watch it. Even yeah. our, our fan Gerardo, he's been telling us that we should watch it for our short animes, um, which is in relation to exactly what Andrew was talking about. He was talking we should watch Ruby, and this is why I watched it, was because it was short. And every episode... At least in the first volume, is between t- like four minutes and twelve minutes long. The second volume gets into the consistent twelve-minute episodes, which is great because it's still short. Um, Ruby's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really good. Let, let me preface what I'm about to say and and going into our Tapagachi um, with that. Ruby is awesome. Everybody should watch Ruby. The characters are great, especially Ruby. She's adorable, uh, and yeah, it has great design, great writing. Uh, great direction. Feels like an anime. It, it does feel like an anime, uh, which is which is kind of cool. Um, I feel like they kind of went like ahead with the tropes, like they were just copying anime. Like they didn't like have enough to kind of make their own anime. They felt like they had to copy anime, which I didn't think was necessary. But it really doesn't matter because I thought it was still really well done. The world they made is okay. You know, I like the whole feud between the animal people and the humans and the white fang and everything like that. Um, White we- power. We- <laughs> weapon designs are awesome. I mean, like the every weapon, almost every weapon in the show is over the top. There's some sort of 
you know, strange weapon. Like, Ruby has a scythe that's also a sniper rifle. Yang... Yeah, and it, it shouldn't even work that way. Yeah, you know, like, really. and, that, and that's, the thing. that's another thing about design, is it's a good thing that this is an independent show, because if you had real lead designers behind the show, they would be, they would just say, no, that does not work, it doesn't make any sense, don't do that. Yeah, um, and... It's almost weird because it makes it makes it seem like something like Kill a Kill is more practical when you say it like that. <laughs> um, but you know, you have characters who like like Yang, uh, uh, Ruby's sister, who's the yellow in Ruby. Um, <laughs> R W B Y, red, white, blue, yellow, black, B- black. Oh my gosh, yeah, Blake. <laughs> Blake is the is the black color. Um, just, I'm, I'm gonna get back on track. Uh, <laughs> Like her, her weapon is gauntlets. Like she, she's so she's just a fist fighter. She gauntlets with with uh, with shotgun shells in them. Oh, which, I, that was my idea. <laughs> I they totally stole that from me. Yeah, and uh, they and she would just explode her hands with every every shot that she would take. You know, and it, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird because I, I, it's one of the things that I have trouble figuring out is whether or not characters actually have superpowers because. Um, Ruby actually has like super speed, and there are parts where she like shoots her her gun scythe, you know, to make herself go faster. But then there are also times where she just like goes, yeah, fast. where she just dashes around and jumps really high. Yeah, does is that ever explained? Um, not yet, at least not really. Um, I think they're getting to it. Honestly, oh, okay. honestly, I do think that they're getting to it because there is magic and stuff in this show. So, it, so there are ways to explain things. And Yang. She has this issue where, like, whenever she gets super mad, her eyes turn red and she gets all super powered and stuff. Berserker like that. mode. Yeah, she Berserker. she does. She has berserker mode, you know. And um, and then there's uh, uh, Weiss, who's who's the white character. I'm not white power. Um, but, <laughs> not Caucasian. Yeah. She's white. Yeah, like, <laughs> she she's the shade white. They call her the Ice Queen. Um, <laughs> she she uses dust, which is the magical like. And power thing that that kind of fuels that this kind of world. yeah kind of powers the entire universe and her character is like the heiress to the company that manufactures all of the dust in the world which kind of sounds like a drug cartel when you talk about it like that um, but it's not it's magic <laughs> it's not drugs it's, it's magic. not drugs it's magic <laughs> okay. tell, tell that to every meth user in the world meth addict it's not drugs it's magic no don't tell that to them they'll tell that to you yeah and they'll scratch a lot. Should get back onto Ruby. So, the reason why we wanted to connect this with the animation topic, Monty Oom. No, well, not just Monty Oom, because this can be tied into anime in general, uh, as far as what we're going to talk about. It can. Um, And I've had this issue for years. Yes, if you guys aren't familiar with Monty Now, Monty Oom, if you're listening to this, please do not take this as attack. Like, we are critiquing you, we... uh, we come from the professional world. We've worked on animations ourselves. We've worked in studios, all different kinds of things. Uh, this is just coming from a professional standpoint uh, of of what you're doing because you are a fantastic director. Like, or the the direction you're taking with Ruby. I know you're the director, the creator, the writer. It's all really, really well done. The one thing that we've had a problem with um, since being introduced to your work is your animation. And here's why: there there are twelve steps of animation, and, and we know you're self taught. Um, and self-teaching can come from a, a bunch of different things. You don't have money to go to school. Uh, you haven't learned in the proper places. Like you, because there are places to learn animation and all different kinds of animation. But you have to, you know, be. It has. It's a practice that has to be fleshed out and practiced. Because, because here's the thing. 
Uh, Self-teaching animation and learning it the wrong way is very damaging in the fact that um, kind of like how when people want to start learning music and they don't learn uh, re- how to read music. They learn, they learn tabs. They learn tabs. Playing tabs is like being illiterate. Like it's like reading a book while being illiterate. And it's and it's the same thing with animation. If you're self-taught but you don't know the 12 principles of animation, it's like animation illiteracy. Um, and a lot of the thing, and I, and here's and here's another thing. I'm gonna start this right now. Is Ruby is done entirely in Poser, which is not an animation it's program. Not an animation program. Uh, so that certainly attributes to, to the animation uh, to a challenge. And I and I feel like um, that Ruby is done with the best, you know, the best of what they got. They, I, because animation, you. Can't a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to Detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Can't, you're not even supposed to animate in, in, uh, in Poser, so the fact that you can get anything done is amazing. But, you know, when the characters are moving in Ruby... Their hands are stiff. Like, the hands are always in one motion. Uh, there's no, like, flow to any of it. it it's, it's, the animation is very floaty. Um, the animation is very stiff. There's a lot of sliding that happens. Um, we're going to get into this when we ta- start talking our Tapagachi, which we... What this, we're is, gonna do, this is the Tapagachi. Yeah, but what we're going to do is we're going to introduce everybody who may not be in the animation world to the 12 principles of animation and how it re... Um, and how it... I don't know how it relates to anime. Yeah, how it relates to anime in general. The only thing that that spiked this was Ruby because Montium uh, has had a long history of of being uh, having internet fame for his animations. He started with Dead Fantasy, and I gotta say, man, I have never been a fan of Dead Fantasy because I cannot get past the animation, which is what it's all about. Yeah. That's the problem. See, Ruby has so many good things going for it. It has great writing, great characters, great world, everything like that. Dead Fantasy, and then the one that he started with, with which was which was Metroid versus Halo, um, which got him his internet fame. All about the animation and action only, and um, and same with uh, uh, if you seen Screw Attack on Screw Attack when they had the uh, Goku versus Superman, he also animated that, and it's. Not. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, I uh, I hope we're not getting too destructive with our criticism because we're gonna try to be constructive because uh, that that's how you're supposed to critique. 
we're gonna now we're gonna start going through the twelve principles of animation. Uh, Montium is only was only the spike for this topic. Correct. We're, we're not we're not gonna so we're not gonna bash Montium because I don't want to bash Montium because I think he does a great job with what he what, with what he has in front of him. Yeah. Um, he should definitely continue to learn though. Is is the thing he he still need he still has a lot to learn before his animation is perfect and great, like the great Disney animators that we have, and even some Japanese animators. Yeah, so uh, the twelve principles of animation they go through mainly two D. So it, it it applies. We had to learn it when we went through school because we were learning three D at the time. The twelve principles of animation are applied to two D, but it also is key to learning three D as well. Yeah, if you know. 3D, uh, 3D and, and 2D translate one and uh, like hand in hand. They're the same thing, which may or may not be why uh, the, the animation and say something like Ruby is is not as success or not as clean as it could be. Is because when they tried to translate you know 2D anime animation into 3D, you have that smooth motion that you don't get with drawn pictures. I don't know. It's been done before. It's it has been done before, so I, well we've always talked about how Japanese three D is a little shaky to be. Yeah, but with. this isn't dra- Japanese three D. But even still, if they're taking influence from anime, then you know they. Still I don't know. Uh, it's it's that's a gray that's a weird gray area. All I know is that um, I learned two D aspects and you and we applied them to three D. Um, and so we're gonna go through the t- uh, we're gonna actually teach you the twelve principles of animation. This is guys. This is one of my most favorite things on planet Earth. You guys know how much, or you may or may not know, how much I love animation. It, it, it is one of my driving passions and why I love doing something like our show so much. Yeah, and, uh, and for me personally, uh, the reason why I decided to go into anime... I actually went to school originally to be an illustrator, uh, or actually a concept artist, but that, that option wasn't there for me by the time I got the end, so I became an animator. Um, and uh, when I started animation... I basically was inspired by Teen Titans. When Teen Titans came out yeah. in 2000 and Teen Titans was um uh was my aha moment of this is what I want to do. Uh and I've loved cartoons forever. I've been watching them ever since a kid. Obviously, I still watch them. Uh if there's one thing I know better than anime, it's western animation. Uh and uh I've worked with many different animators. I've worked in uh, a couple different studios. Uh, on a whole different kinds of different projects. I've worked on games. I've worked on uh, web series. I'm going to say it so Andrew doesn't have to feel like he's putting himself up on a ped- pedestal. He's learned from three different Disney animators. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, I know a bunch of different Disney animators, which is interesting. Uh, and, 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 interesting and about me. If you want to know something interesting about me, that's a little bit of trivia. Anyway. Let's start. Let's, uh, let's begin with the 12 principles of animation. Squash and stretch. First one is probably one of the biggest ones that you see in something like Looney Tunes and, of course, Tex Avery. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love Tex Avery. I was going to say that the same exact thing was when you think of squash and stretch, the first thing I think of is Tex Avery. If you you don't know who Tex Avery is, he made all those wolf cartoons where, like, he sees the pretty girl and his eyes bug out and rooga and... Tex Avery (laughs) is, is one of the definite... Uh, still animators that just can, does nothing but make me laugh. I love every single Tex Avery cartoon. Yeah, he he does Droopy. He he does Droopy Dog. Well, and he also does those uh, those uh, invention ones like the World of Tomorrow, where he showcases different weird, horrible inventions of the future. Ah, 
<laughs> he makes me laugh. He's so you can so already, you can already hear the passion, guys, of how much we love talking about animation. We could talk about it for days. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. Why we even you know got into the anime. One of the one of the first things that you learn, it's your first lesson ever in animation, is the bouncing ball. Yeah. And what that is, is the project where you just make a ball bounce up and down in a consistent motion. And and if you don't change the shape of the ball, it doesn't read realistic. Um, so what you have to do is when it falls down, you, to make it look like it's going fast, you have to stretch it out so that it looks like it's dropping at a speed. And when it hits the ground, it squashes so it looks like it's actually hitting the ground with some force. And yeah, so and 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 giving it weight, and believe it or not, uh, what we're yeah, what we're talking about are other principles of animation. So so we'll get to that later. And um and even though we mentioned Tex Avery, Tex Avery has another big um uh, principle that he always used, which was exaggeration. So we'll get to that later. Yep. Um, so squash and stretch is, is, you know, the flattening and stretching of specific objects. And that doesn't mean the physical uh, stretching and the physical squashing, because squash and stretch can also uh, apply to realistic characters um, that bend down all the way and then stretch all the way up, like if when they're jumping. Second one is anticipation. And, okay, so here's anticipation. It's, it's kind of a lost art. Because if you look at some of the famous shows that are out right now, like anything on Adult Swim that is done in Flash, some of them have it, not all of them do. The biggest offender is Family Guy. Family Guy does not use anticipation. Or the older episodes don't. Newer ones kind of do, but the older ones don't. See, well, the- and, it, and it also goes back to days, uh, the early days of Hanna-Barbera. Where they didn't have that budget, like they were, it was kind of during like a Great Depression yeah. of of animation, uh, even probably during the Great Depression. I don't remember anymore, but um, they didn't have the budget to do those kinds of things. So Hanna Barbera would create cycles, animation cycles. Yeah. Like uh, think of the Flintstones. Every scene would start with the characters already walking. Like, they wouldn't show them begin to start walking. They would just already be walking. Yeah, and if you notice also, like, say, for Flintstones' example, again, whenever they start moving their car, they have to run their feet. Well, they don't move their upper bodies because their feet have so little uh, frames of animation that they, it would be impossible to move their upper body in any way. So, and, um, and, another, and another good example is the Pink Panther. When the Pink Panther was around, they it was missing a couple uh, frames of animation as well, uh, and they cut out the anticipation. Uh, and this applies to anime all over because anime uses talking heads like crazy, yeah, and they do not anticipate anything, which is really interesting. One of the ones that the most recent things that I noticed does use some very good anticipation was Sailor Moon, where they use it in the um, in the transformation sequences. They put a lot of time into that, and. Um, uh, think uh, studios like Gainax and directors like uh, Hiroyuki Imashi. They know they when they're creating their action scenes. Yeah. Um, they they put all that stuff into it. You know, anticipation and yeah. uh, all those kinds of things. But when when people are just having a general conversation, to make it cheaper, it just making the talking head makes it a lot easier. Otherwise, they really don't move that much to put into perspective what anticipation is for all you people who don't know yeah is we we, we kind of skipped over that let's say for example you're going to punch somebody when you punch somebody you have to bring your hand back before you throw it forward anticipation of motion uh in words instead of using a physical example in uh in a 
text, you know, like in a textbook example, is telegraphing what they're going to do next before you, you do it. You have to move back before you can move forward. Yeah, so you basically it's a subtle. Sometimes you don't even see it happen. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's a hint for your brain what the character is about to do. So if they're go- if somebody's going to run or or start walking forward, they'll kind of they'll kind of lean back a little bit and then move forward and start walking. Yeah, let's do an exercise. Everybody who's listening, if you're sitting down, stand up. What do you do? You put your hands on your thighs and you push up. Putting your hands on your thighs is the anticipation. Well, and so so is and the leaning forward. The leaning down. Yeah, cuz you want to lean down, you, you, you go, have to down go down to, to go, go up. up. So anticipation, anticipation. Oh, this is so much fun. <laughs> I hope you guys are having as much fun as we are because we're almost like teaching. Okay, staging. Staging is the next, uh, uh, and this this one should be probably one of the most obvious. Staging has everything to do with theater and film and uh, and how things are portrayed in a shot. Yeah, if uh, this is also um, takes place um, or it, if it applies to photographers as well. You know the rule of thirds, how there are quadrants in in a frame. You have to set them up in an interesting way in order to make a frame look like a good shot. It's all about camera angles and all that kind of interesting stuff. Uh, bringing interest into your shot brings interest into the whole aspect of animation. So so if you have a really, really nicely done animation, but your staging is just awful, your brain will be like, whoa, I don't get this. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're, if you're filming something completely flat in 2D, then like... It- Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson's the only one who can really pull it off really well. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Wes uh, Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Just so I'm not confusing anyway, he's not an animator. But if you've ever seen a Wes Anderson movie like Moonrise Kingdom or Life Aquatic or or the newest one that came out, uh, Grand Budapest, Grand Hotel. Budapest Hotel, he shoots all all of his shots like a stage show. Yeah, like a really flat head-on shot, um, and it's and it's done for comedy. Uh, and but it's you, supposed to make you feel uncomfortable because yeah, every it, character in his movies are uncomfortable. Are so awkward. But it has to be done right. Like, Wes Anderson does it right, but not everybody can do that. Which is another interesting thing. The rules are made so that they're meant to be broken, but there's a way to break them. So you're doing it wrong, but it's still right. It's interesting. It's it's something confusing, and it's kind of something that you kind of have to figure out for your own. Like, for yourself. You have to figure out what works. Yeah. So, um, uh, so the next step of animation is straight-ahead action... And pose to pose. See, this one is a little interesting because this one is actually an animation technique. Yeah, uh, and it's actually two different techniques, but they can both be used in the same animation. The most common one is pose to pose. We'll start with that one. Okay, so pose to pose is creating major keyframes. Uh, when you're animating something, even in 3D, uh, you create the keyframes of this is the main action that the character is doing, and then you uh, then you move them to the next main action that they're going to be doing. You have to be a big shot to be a key animator. Right. The people who have to follow up Glenn Keane. <laughs> yeah, okay. Glenn Keane is one of our favorite animators all the time. He, he animated Ariel from Little Mermaid at, at Disney, and he Beast. also did The Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Um, he, well, he did way more than that, but those are those, those are, are some big. Those things. are just some main projects that he did, and the other animators just hated cleaning up after Glenn Keane because he drew so many action lines. He drew so many action lines. So, uh, uh, and actually, Glenn Keane is a great example of a key animator because he was a big shot and probably one of, the, in my opinion, the best artist in the world. Yeah. But here you go. Here's straight ahead. The other uh, option is straight ahead animation. If you have a quick animation, something that's really fast or something that is um, uh, can be done 
um, in a quick motion, you're probably going to uh, animate straight ahead. Just doing shot one, two, three, four. Yeah, so no key, no key poses. I hope we didn't lose you guys. Um, straight ahead it's, it's a pose to pose is a really confusing one if, you, if you're not an animation major. So um, we'll move on to another one just so that we... Yeah, like I said, this is all learned. Yeah. And now follow through and overlapping actions is the next one. Uh, and it kind of follows through um, through with anticipation, but this one follow through and overlapping action um, gives a character weight, and it's like physics. It imagine, follows physics. Imagine you're throwing a baseball. Okay, so when you're throwing a baseball, you have to the anticip- anticipation of that action is is holding the ball back behind your head. Then you then you have the action of actually throwing the ball. The overlap and follow through is not just you don't just throw the ball and your arm stops forward. Your arm continues to flow down, down to your back. side, down to and even probably back. Let's do another exercise. Pretend like you're throwing a baseball, and so when when the ball leaves your hands, that's that's the animation. But the follow through and overlap is when you follow yeah, after, down after it leaves your hand and and your hand continues to move. Yeah, um, this was one of the the biggest ones that I have problem. Um, like if, if we use our example of Monte Um he doesn't have any weight in his characters. They all kind of just like float around. Yeah, they all float around, and and nothing and nothing seems like it, it's phys- it has physics to it. Like everybody just kind of like when he does a sword fight, there's no clangs of the swords. They just kind of stop when they hit each other, and that's that's one of the biggest ones that I have an issue with with him. Yeah, and then um, and his and animation, not him. That's that's one of the that's one of the easier ones to kind of uh, understand. And uh, especially when somebody's running, like if, if you're if you're doing a run animation, but then you have to make someone stop, the you have to follow like you their have clothes to, move and stuff like that. Their yeah, hair, yeah, hair, and that that actually also uh, goes into secondary motion. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, slow in and slow out will be our next one. Uh, this is probably the easiest one for people to understand. Um, which is, uh, if you've ever... Once again, you don't just stop when you're moving. Uh, like, like if you're walking and you come to a stop, you kind of, like, lean into your stop, and then you have to kind of rebalance yourself. And imagine a camera. If, if you have a camera in a shot, um, and the camera is, um, is moving... Panning. Yeah, panning. Panning or trucking, whichever one. Uh, but it's stopping. The camera doesn't just stop. That's uncomfortable. That makes things really uncomfortable. It makes you have to ease in yeah. and like and uh, and have a gradual slow down in order for to that slow in and slow out. Um, uh, and this this also occurs not just to stopping but also going. So if you're easy, if you're slowing into something, you're moving slow, moving fast, and then moving slow. Um, think of the ball bounce again, or think of a car when it, like when you're when you hit the acceleration on a car, it doesn't just go. And then when you brake, it doesn't just stop. It, it slows in. That's that's the best way to think about it is, is a car. Next up, we have arcs, which yeah. is in everything. Yeah. So here's, so here's the deal, guys. Everything, regardless of what you believe, moves in arcs. Think of a bridge, an old-fashioned stone bridge that's made with an arcing pattern of the stones to make it, to hold it, uh, its structural integrity. Every single action moves in arcs. Think of the baseball again. When you're throwing a baseball, your arm the ball go- goes straight, but your arm has to your go arm over. goes over and out and around in a circle. When you're running, uh, your arms are moving 
in an arcing motion, circular patterns. Yeah, you're going straight, but your your body is moving up and down like an arc. When uh, think of the bouncing ball. When a, or, or this not just a bouncing ball going up and down, but the second animation you learn is is the ball bouncing in arcs, uh, where it starts as a bounce and it arcs and it's, and it get and the uh, the ball gets lower and lower and lower until it stops. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what arcs is. Arcs Every, is everything. Everything moves in arcs. All right. Um, secondary action. We've talked about this one because it goes hand in hand with a ton of things. Secondary action is basically when like your fingers move when you're when you're talking. Like let's say uh, let's say we got an Italian person and they're talking. Their secondary action is moving their hands. Well, yeah. While they're talking, their their hands are moving. Or even um, that's a stereotype, people. Yeah. Or even when uh, maybe somebody's talking and the wind is blowing, their shirt is moving, their hair is moving. Mm-hmm. That's secondary action. It's a, it's a it's a it's an action that does not overplay the main action. Yeah. So so what we're talking about, or obviously we're talking about a talking scene um, when people are talking. That's the main action. Uh, but the the secondary action, which is the non-distracting action that does not detract away from the main action would be either their clothes moving their 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 hands are doing some sort of uh nervous twitch or <laughs> which you don't see in anime a lot at all yeah there's talking heads are just talking heads they actually even make like scenes where like when hair is blowing in the wind or something like that that's its own scene you know when and when talking heads happen you see it more. You see secondary actions more nowadays because there's a lot more budget that goes into anime, yep. but it used to not happen at all. So moving on to the next major, uh, I mean, obviously that one is is pretty obvious um, that we just talked about. Uh, but uh, timing is a huge thing. This is something that takes a really, really long time to learn. I had a teacher. Uh, whose name is Barry Temple. Barry was a Disney animator. You, he worked on a lot of major productions, uh, like Beauty, also Beauty and the Beast. And, the Christmas Carol with Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, uh, which, fun fact, you can see Barry Temple's name on the, one of the headstones in the graveyard. In the graveyard. I, and I love Barry. He was, like, he was one of my favorite, because he was a ninja. Like, you, <laughs> you'd, you'd be working... And um, and all of a sudden you'd stop and like look behind you and there was Barry. Barry was like, "Oh my gosh, Barry's behind me!" Um, and he'd just be watching you animate, but he was so quiet. And he'd he'd like, you know, he talked to you in a soft tone, like, "Man, that's really good. Yeah, good job. Yeah." Um, and then he's like, "Maybe if you just add one frame to that, it'll it'll make it feel so much better." Barry was probably one of the biggest teacher, uh, one of the teachers who had the greatest understandings of timing I have ever seen. It's it's really hard to learn because, I mean, like, I was reading the, the book, uh, um, The Soul of Anime, uh, which is a really excellent book if you're into um, just Japanese culture in general, but there's a interview with Mamoru Hosoda in it when he was making Summer Wars, and they were talking about his um, his storyboards, and when he was making storyboards, he had on each storyboard frame, like, there was a conversation or there was action, like, the, the scene in the beginning where King Cosmo was doing his fights, they were saying, this scene is going to last four seconds, or this scene is going to last two seconds, and, and that just, like, like, thinking about when you look at something, you, you have to act out every single thing that happens so you know, like, you have to film yourself so you know how long a punch is going to take, like, how, how long it takes to punch somebody. Yeah, guys, um, some people might think that animation is, uh, somebody just knows how to animate, the answer is no. Uh, people use reference for this stuff. 
Um, they film themselves doing the animation. They act this stuff out, and then they animate uh, over it. Some people will be like, "Oh, that's cheating!" It's not cheating. Um, reference for everything. Yeah, you always, always, always use reference. One of my favorite um, things is the movie Rango with uh, Johnny Depp with about the lizard. Oh my, it's one of my favorites. It's really funny. Um, uh, they filmed they filmed live action that entire movie before they animated it. So Johnny Depp actually did all the animations that he did for when he was the lizard Rango. You know, uh, they they filmed the entire thing and then they gave that all uh, that whole production to the animators to make it a, uh, an animated film. Now here's the thing. Uh, now we're going to move on uh, to exaggeration. Which is probably one of my favorites, because I love exaggerating. Um, now, now now, we can talk de- definitely about anime. Hiroyuki Mashi yeah. is the king of exaggeration. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, and almost anything that he did for Gainax. Yeah, uh, even when he was just the animation director on Fooly Cooly, he didn't like... like Per, per te, say like anime or anything, but like all those scenes were his influence. Like to you know to have those exaggerations where like you have the the super D fist going into like the, the the face of an enemy or something like that, and the distortion of the faces when they get punched. Yeah, like ooh, like Gurren Lagann does it the best. I think. Like I think if anybody understands animation, they uh, uh, they understand what exaggeration is yeah. because it's it, this one is really 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 hard to mistake. Going back to Tex Avery with like the, the yeah, wolf character take, yeah, with his take, eyes bugging out. Take a normal action that people do every single day and make it explode. And and exa- not really, we're not Michael Bay here. Yeah. Uh exaggerate and, and and also put it this way, exaggeration doesn't always have to be over like, the top. Over the top. Um exaggeration is put into every single action that you do normally. So hey um, did you, uh, did you just throw that baseball? Well, don't just throw that baseball. Really, like beef up that action and, and show it in the body of the of the uh, of yeah. the pitcher to throw that baseball. Get his get his head in there. Make him make him like like jolt his head forward. You know that really really show that he's throwing it really fast. You know, it's it it gives things power. You yeah. really want to give things power. Uh, so after after exaggeration, the next principle of animation number uh, number eleven, we have only have one more to go, is solid drawing. Yes, uh, solid drawing is a major thing, especially even with um, uh, talking about anime. Very different than the last step of anime or principle of animation that we're going to talk about next. Um, solid drawing is actually having good drawing. Yeah, just just make sure that everything is uh... is correct now. Because because in the world of animation, we have this thing called twinning. We're not talking about us. Yeah, we're not talking about me and John. Ah! Um, where you have straight up and down man, as we called him. We always get, we always called him straight up and down man. Where you have a character standing there with his arms to his side, like hi guys, like oh, like here's and basically both sides of the body are doing the same exact thing at the same time. The best fix for um, for fixing straight up and down man uh, or twinning is if you look at characters in visual novels visual novel characters are never ever in a twinning position they always have good staging and they always have have great solid drawings because they're because i mean like even their poses are really weird like sometimes their hands are doing things and it's like people don't stand like that but it looks good you know which brings us to our final principle of animation which is appeal 
Appeal is the best. Now, appeal and solid drawing sometimes go hand in hand, but um, appeal is one of the major things that goes for anime, and that's because I feel like anime ignores... Not ignores, because uh, they still do animation correctly in a certain sense. Yeah, they do a lot cheaper. But appeal is one of the most important things for anime. You don't even need animation to do appeal. Yeah, just draw pictures. Appeal is exactly what it sounds like. Appealing. Is it appealing? Do I like to look at this? Does my brain enjoy this? Do, does my body enjoy this? <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's creating something that helps... Uh, make the viewer interested in what they're looking at. For example, if you don't like the way a character looks, you might not like the show. Now, um, and that's not that's not always what it is. And because appeal appeal doesn't have to do with sympathy. You don't have to sympathize with a character for for a character be, to be appealing. You know why? Because villains are appealing. Yeah, you love to hate them. I love villains. Uh, villains are awesome. So and but and that's I think that's another problem is sometimes there are crappy villains. Yeah, if you if you hate a villain so much that you get angry at them, you love that villain. Yeah, that uh, like a character that you love to hate is a good villain. Are you confused um, yet? And and that is appeal. Uh, so appeal goes into good character design. No way. Charisma of a character, yeah. Moe is is a is a type of appeal. It even goes into the writing of a character. Yeah. So a character's personality. Um, this it, it actually doesn't have to do with a, a lot with uh, with animation, but the design of the character, or, or um, you know, like overall design, not just fit, not just physical feature design, but their backstory, their personality, how they interact with other characters. Are they relatable? You know. It, yeah. Um, uh, and the way that it does appeal appeal to animation is how they're animated uh does the appeal of their animation make sense uh is it comfortable the way they're moving yeah. does it uh, does it seem real does it seem like it can physically be done yeah can you relate to that character that is appeal it also allows you to character crush yeah uh which is another thing that hey we're writing a panel on and and finally i think the, the last thing i'm going to talk about with appeal is the pose posing uh, like again, again, straight up and down, man. Yeah. Twinning. You don't do that. Uh, no, you know, you know who uh, figured out appeal? The Romans uh, and Greek and uh, Romans and Greeks. Think of their statues, their architecture, their weight of their characters. Nobody is straight up and down, man. They are. Uh, uh, they're all action heroes. They they are. All, they're all standing in action pose. Think about the the statue of David. I'm 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 Andrew actually stand, Andrew standing. Up. I'm actually physically standing up doing this, but obviously that's bad for radio. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it anyway. When um when a character has their hips moved out, we're gonna do our final exercise. Everybody stand up. Yeah, stand up. Uh, most likely you're putting your weight on one leg, not both legs. So, so, um, uh, but, and that's, that's the thing for balance. You're balancing yourself as a character. Uh, usually your head is matched up with one of your feet, not both of your, not in between both of your feet. Uh, and your shoulders, your shoulders are tilted and your hips are tilted the opposite way of your shoulders. Uh, so your body has a curve to it. There's arcs again. Yep. There's the arcs again. So this this is just all things that we've learned through school, all things that can be applied to animation shows. Uh, anime is very, very good at posing. Because they can't animate all the time, characters are always standing in an interesting pose. Yeah. Not, not always. Sometimes they do have straight up and down man in anime, unfortunately. It happens. But, um, uh, but their character designs kind of make up for that, you know? Um, so hopefully that guy, 
Um, and I know that. I we, hope this wasn't boring. And well, and uh, and we gotta say, if you've made it to the end, this was not boring for me and Jonathan. Me yeah, and Jonathan no. were like super. We're excited having a, we're having a blast. I don't you, know if you guys yeah, are having a crappy you, time. We're we're yeah. Having you an guys awesome might time. be asleep by now, but we don't care. Um, <laughs> we're having an awesome time. You guys, uh, and, you guys can go away. So again, this all this all spiked from watching Ruby because obviously the animation is up to par. I know you guys are probably doing the best you can with Poser, um, uh, Monty. I know you started with Dead Fantasy, and you're all you're you're completely self taught. But these are all very 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 important to uh, um, to, uh, to what we're talking about. And if you guys have complaints and you wanna you wanna tell us like, oh, show us your work, we will. Uh, if just ask us and we'll send you work that we've done, uh, animations that I've done. Uh, obviously, you've seen the um, the intro to the Wicked Anime uh, to any of our Wicked Anime episodes. That's not that's not my best. I, I do have I have, do have different things. I've have sh- I have shows that I've worked on. Any th- any kind of thing. If you're interested, just let me know. Yeah, it'll be fun. It will be fun. So it's time to move on to some fan service. Obviously, we are, we've already talked about Scott's email, who recommended to us Cheese Sweet House. Thanks, man. I am watching Cheese Sweet House right now, and it is sweet. Ah. Like, ah, woo. <laughs> let's move on to some... Let's, let's see what we got for comments on... Uh, on, 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 on the SoundCloud. On, on the cloud. Episode 45, the great... <laughs> In respect to our new policy where we... Uh, where we just have people, every time that glitch says, I, I hate you, Dylan, just respond, I love you. Big Bad Shadow Man stepped up for the first time to, to take care of that for us. Thank you, Big Bad Shadow Man. <laughs> Gary actually left us a lot of uh, comments on our uh, last episode for episode 45 saying that I'm loving Barakamon. He weighed in on our comments on Barakamon and how awesome it, how awesome it is. Uh, and he says that he has an urge to make Kanamon. <laughs> now, he's also, he also made a comment about he says that my spoiler protection is out of date because uh, because of um, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender being out for so long <laughs> that I can't I can no longer stop people from com- from from saying no spoilers. I still haven't watched you it. You gotta yet. get on that, man. I do, but when do I have time? And then another thing that he asked was, when are we gonna sell Wicked Anime T-shirts? Great question. Um, well, soon, so, hopefully. We're, yeah, we're hoping Maybe. soon. I sa- I mentioned that uh, the cafe press that we're building. Uh, we're still working on that kind of stuff. All I have to do is submit some uh, personal information. But because of all the security things that are going on around the internet, I'm not sure how I want if I how far I want to go along with posting that uh, personal security information. But we do have a cafe press with a lot of sweet products that you guys can buy. Um, uh, and it, hopefully that will be up very, very soon, unless you guys know of an alternate store. If you guys know of an alternate online store that is commonly used and is safe, please let us know, and we will throw all of our designs up for you guys to purchase. Yeah. So that should be it, guys. Um, I guess it wasn't as much as we thought. I guess, eh, whatever. It was, it's been a couple weeks, so we thought that we had a lot more than we did, but you know what? Keep sending us stuff anyways, because we like hearing from you guys. <laughs> we we happen to like you guys. <laughs> even if it's even if it's just like a comment on our page, or if it's like like whether or not you're on something because you're uh, worried that we didn't say too much about Sailor Mars. Yeah. We'll send you Sailor Mars pics. Thanks, <laughs> Keto. <laughs> um, and uh, also, we get, you know... YouTube comments all the time. Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe bad comments. <laughs> yeah, maybe you uh, maybe you disagree with Andrew with the fact that you're weird if you like incest. Hint, hint. Go go to the video of my spo- my ending to Ori emo and wa- and li- go read the angry comment. It's really funny. 
It's really long too. They wrote you an essay. Yeah, and that, uh, it actually made me smile a little bit. Like, like at first uh, when they sent me the angry comment, I was like, "Oh man, that, that this is this sucks." And then, uh, and so I went uh, back and I read it. And after I read it, I was I was smiling by the end. I was like, "Oh." Well, my favorite thing was not. Your opinion annoys me. You annoy me. Yeah, they were like, they, <laughs> you are annoying. The, Andrew. The, the comment, the comment starts off with "You annoy me to no end." Read it from there. I, 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 I implore you, go read that awesome comment. It is so funny. It's wonderful. All right, guys, uh, that is it for the Wicked Anime Podcast. Here are some uh, shameless plugs for you. Uh, we are obviously, if you want to join in, in our conversation about animation. Um, maybe, I mean, you guys don't have to agree with us on anything, uh, uh, as far as Ruby goes, but everything we taught you about the 12 principles of animation is factual. Um, but it, so if you guys have an interest in animation like we do, uh, let us know. We can, we will talk to you. Maybe you want to hear an episode about Western animation, uh, which we did do before. We did do a while ago, but we didn't talk about, like, animation animation. Yeah. We talked about shows we like. Maybe you guys are interested in hearing more about what, uh, about, uh, what can be done in the, in the world of animation. Uh, anything like that, just email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime, where we make frequent posts about funny things that we find on the internet, videos that are come out, uh, coming up. Some videos that are coming up are our panel, our, our panel video from Anime Boston uh, and some other cool things that we're, uh, that we're interested in. We haven't had time because we have full-time jobs. We're sorry. We're getting to it. <laughs> um, Calm down. Uh, so, which, which brings us to YouTube.com, which is our main hub of videos, where you can find us at YouTube.com slash WickedAnimeReviews, where we have video reviews, informational videos, anything that's awesome uh, from us, uh, for our main show. Uh, you can find us at NerdyShow.com, where, we, uh, where you can find uh, our videos as well, as well as our podcast, if you're not already listening to the podcast on there. Uh, and you can also find us at iTunes.com. Uh, where you can rate and review our show. We got a couple now. Yeah! Yeah, we do have a couple now. You guys are awesome. You can find us at soundcloud.com uh, slash wickedanime where all of our podcasts are on there. Uh, we're ranking up the hours. You can re- watch them uh, or listen to them all straight ahead. Uh, and then finally, you can find us now newly at twitter.com where you can tweet us at yo wicked anime. Just tweet us yo wicked anime and say something weird and send us weird pictures. We have gotten pictures. That's another thing we didn't talk about in fan service. Yes, yeah, send us pictures of your uh, of giant bugs that you found. Uh, we can talk about because because uh, we started a crazy kaiju conversation with uh, with our fan Mike. Mike sent us uh, or Jonathan took a picture of a bee, how he killed a kaiju and a piter. Yeah, and a spider. That's right. And uh, and Mike commented back. Here's a kaiju at my house, and we were like, "Oh, kaiju! Uh, it's reset the clock." We have fun on Twitter, guys, we, and we really, really appreciate your time. Uh, so thank you for all the fan response. We look forward. To, we still we love hanging out with you guys uh, on the interwebs, and we'll we'll continue to do it. And we we're really hoping to get more videos and more content out for you. Uh, finally, go to tumbles uh, tumbles where we haven't tumbled in a long time. Uh, we tumble every once in a while. T- we do tumble every once in a while. So thank you guys uh, for uh, for all the support that you've given us. We hope you still like Wicked An- the Wicked Anime Podcast, and we ca- hope you keep listening. And uh, soon enough, we'll become internet famous, and you'll get videos and podcasts all the time. Full-time job. Quit my job. Hashtag Wicked Anime. Boston Bruins. Yo. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wicked Anime Podcast this week. Uh, we will uh, see you in a, in a couple weeks again. Uh, where we'll have another awesome show for you guys. And now we're going to sign off the only way we know how.
Okay, so uh, so first comment is by uh, Berto Elcon or Berto Icon. What? Or Bert, it's Bert, Berto Elcon, Berto Elcon, and not, not Berto Icon. No. Oh, maybe that looks like an L, like a lowercase L. Berto Elcon could be like in capital I, though. <laughs> All right, good start. So so, uh, so he says. Or they say, I should say, because uh, we because we, we're not going to make that mistake we're again. We're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> uh, 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 is Wicked A is Wicked A, or they say Wicked Anime is Wicked Awesome, and one out of one listeners found this review helpful. <laughs> and then and then our buddy Garrier says Wicked A is great. Uh, it says this is a, this is uh, a really fun and informative show. Thank you that you, that you believe that we're informative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I we, we pretend. Yeah. Uh, uh, not only do you, uh, do you talk about or do they talk about a wide variety of anime, but they often examine features and categories in depth. I usually come away with at least one new show that I want to watch, which is great. Because uh, uh, seeing that we talk about the same shows all the time, no, and and the fact is that they keep talking about it. Uh, like our fans, you guys keep uh, sending us shows that we want to watch all the time too, which which is awesome. we watch and then we tell you about what they are. We try, we try to, anyways. Yeah, we're still we're still far behind. We have like a huge list of shows that we haven't haven't even touched yet. I know. Thanks for listening to the Wicked Anime Podcast. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling friends, rating, and reviewing on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. To find out how you and your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of the Wicked Anime Podcast, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes Store, and for the latest news, follow us on your favorite social networks. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.